Well, we have a very exciting topic today, and it's you know kind of a recurring theme to me that um, you need a business plan, right? But you get into business planning, and my God, you could write 40, 50 pages when you look at some of the ways people do things. So what we want to do is come up with a no resistance business plan, right? My dad is kind of famous for this because he likes to, I mean, his one favorite word is simplicity, right? So we've got a plan that you and I are going to discuss today called the art of life betterment. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about what that really means, right? Yeah. Because we talk about a why and real estate is tough, guys. I mean, I bang my head against the wall trying to find what motivates a real estate salesperson to um, to do what they do. I mean, Chris, I think we had three people last month that made over a hundred thousand bucks in the month. In a month. In the month, a hundred thousand right. dollars a month. What the hell do you do with a hundred thousand dollars a month? I mean, seriously, it's a question. And depending on their mindset and how they grew up, I mean, some people save, some people spend, some people, there's so many things. And that's, that's where some of the difficulty is, is finding what is it to connect with each individual to get them to start putting these things into action to create that plan. What are they doing it for? So there's an example I'd like to go through to get the why part set up, because really most of us, including myself, are not prepared to handle the amount of money we can make. Guilty. Every, I, th I think everybody's guilty. I think, I think every single person out there is not prepared to handle the amount of money that they actually deserve and that you should have. And you don't take enough time thinking about the life that you truly deserve and the things that you could really create. And you're not prepared to earn that kind of income. And if you're not prepared to earn it, there's a reason that what the stats are like 67% of NFL players or NBA players when they retire are broke. And then say 60 some percent of millionaires end up bankrupt or broke as well, because they are not prepared to handle that either. And that's a prime example. Mm -hmm. So the example I like to drive this point home, let, let's take a $200,000 a year earner, right? Which is a damn good real estate agent. Let's just call it that. Yep. $200,000 a year is $16,000 a month, roughly. All right. So just, you know, make up these numbers with me, but Chris, every month it's like time. You're going to get so many seconds a month and you have to use them all up. Yep. All right. So in your current world, and, and you know, don't be serious here, but, but yeah. you, know, you get $16,000. How are you going to spend this month? What's your mortgage? Make up a number. Yeah. I mean, let's say, let's say you have a $2,500 a month mortgage, which is very, which it's a nice mortgage That's on a, a nice, nice home. Yeah. So $2,500 a month. Okay. Well, now you have um, 14, $13,500 left. How much is your car? All right, um, I would say a decent car, 30 grand, say 500 bucks a month, you know, somewhere right around there. You have $13,000 left to spend this month. What else are you going to spend it on? Electricity. Well, I, got, I got to pay bills. So bills probably, let's just round out the utilities and bills at about $400 a month. All right. You're making this hard on me now. You got $12,600. <laughs> All right. Now, now I got to spend groceries. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, just starting to add. High organic green, uh, green Fred. Let's just say, I mean, I, I easily spend probably you know, four or $500 a week with uh, the little two monsters that eat us out of house at home. So two grand, let's say two grand a month and you're eating out and groceries, $2,000 a month. Okay. You got $10,600 left. Yeah. Let's see what else. Now we're Gas. running out of shit. Yeah. Gas. Okay. Got to have some clothes. Maybe, you know, have a little bit of fun here or there where say we you went out, spend some money on something. 
I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, you could really see how it's really hard to spend that amount of money. And then what are you going to do? Just save the rest? Right. Because that's not the right thing to do either. Just socking it away and putting it in underneath the mattress or in a coffee can. That's not the, what you should be doing with it either. That's not working for you. So for those of you that say that, that get to that point, well, I, I'll just save it all and do what with it for what, what are you going to do? You don't have a plan. You don't know what you're going to, what it's, what are you saving it for? What are you trying to make it work for? What are you going to do with it? You have no idea. So this is the exercise I want you to think about when we go through your why. What is your why? I mean, could you, um, I mean, what are some of the challenges we're all facing? Raising children. I mean, do you want a private school for your kids? That people that make a lot of money put their kids in private school because they have the money and they need to spend it. Do you have aging parents that you'd like to take care of in a nursing home? That's super expensive. If your parents haven't taken care of themselves, they're going to need help, right? So you got to do some deep soul searching and find out what why really is. And maybe it's time to upgrade your house or upgrade your car or upgrade. Maybe you want a boat. Maybe you want insurance on your boat. Maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want, you know, so if we come up with a why, the, the missing formula, the missing piece of the puzzle is why are we working? Why are we going to do the things we're going to talk about in the next three days, which are uncomfortable and take us out of our comfort zone and make us do things that typically we don't want to do? If there's a compelling reason, a why that's pushing you or pulling you toward that, you have to do it. Well, right. Here's the here's the challenge with that though. Most of us are comfortable with whatever uh, level of uncomfort or whatever we have. We don't take the time to think outside that box. We already have that blueprint of what we think we are, think we should have, think we can have. And like you guys say, we don't ever sit down and say, What the hell? Who get a limo to the airport when you go travel first class it's not, it's not about the money it's not about having that money goal or getting this kind of goal it's about the person you become while you're doing it the fun you can have the experiences you create the emotions that are created the memories that are there the the family experiences the friend experiences it's about all of that the whole journey that you get while you're doing it yes and that's where you know there's a lot of self doubt in a lot of people's heads that they don't feel they're good enough. I mean, I, I did a lot of soul searching years back and, and the most common theme with a lot of people is they don't feel they deserve it. Yep. And that's a big problem. You do deserve it. My brother and I, we banter back and forth all the time. And he says, it's rude not to buy a first class seat. I mean, some engineer really thought it out and, and wanted to make this a very comfortable seat for somebody to sit in. And they built these fancy pods around you and. 17 inch monitors privately for you and remote control access built into special places, telephones so you can call the girl if you want a new, and the drinks are free. I mean, all those things are just really a nice way to experience air, air travel. Who says that you don't deserve that? My dad had a saying, this is my taping growing up as a kid. It costs a nickel more to go first class, Craig. Right? Think about it. I'll spend 75 bucks on an Uber to drive me to the airport. Right. It's better than taking my own, or limo, whatever. I get a nice Uber. That is cheaper than driving my own car and putting it in long-term parking and hauling my luggage to the, the airport. 
And if I do drive my own car, I go to the, I go to the VIP parking, which is at the airport, which locks me at the airport. And that's like $100 a day. It's actually cheaper to take a limo than to do the valet parking. Yeah. It's, right? Well, what, what happens is it's the thumbs. It's the uncomfortable. You, yeah. start, you start planning uh, and start talking. And, you, and what do most people, they, they look away. They ignore it. I'm, we're all guilty of it. I've done the same thing. 100%. Would sit there and I would sit down and start trying to plan and start looking at things and start attaching to some of the reasons why or some of the things that I want. And I would start, you physically would look away from it and look for something else to focus on. So I didn't have to feel that feeling in that moment of not being or feeling good enough to have those things, not feeling worthy enough to have those things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it all, it does go back to mindset too, but when we can use the mindset and some of the reasons why we don't, we need that why paired with the goals and the outcomes that you want, all of that starts bringing that power. Okay. So I don't want to beat a dead horse. You need a why, you need a why, you need a why. But the business planning part to forecast the income you want ain't going to happen unless you know what you're going to do with it. It's easy to say, I want to make 200 grand a year, but if you can't spend 200 grand a year, you're not going to make it. Psychologically, something is going to get in the way and keep you from doing it because you don't need it. But you could vividly imagine spending that much or not or not having. What if I can't? What if I need twenty five thousand dollars a month? You know, was a Mike. Mike What's a lease on a Bentley? Mike Ferry, his original business coach, told him, "Yo, you want it? You want a Bentley? You want a Rolex? You want this? All right, go out and buy it." Came back the next day after he went and bought one or two of them. He goes, all right, how does that feel? He goes, I'm scared to death. He goes, all right, get to work. <laughs> right. And so you, you create some of those things with that. I mean, if you don't have a why, sometimes you force you force it on yourself like that, but there's a better way. That's There's res a lot of resistance there. And we're trying to get you something that's resistance-free. If we can get you attached to some of those reasons, if we can get you attached to those goals, if we can get you attached to those reasons why and your primary aim and work through the art of life betterment you can start creating those things rather than being forced or pushed into them and it actually becomes a fun experience because you're now the creator of your life not just managing all of the things that come your way why don't we take just a minute or two and talk about some of the things that our agents have done that was uncomfortable but they're super proud of you, you know, we got tons of stories of these you want to pick one or you want me to go first oh you go ahead I'll, I'll come up with one too um Okay, I'll never forget um, Barbara Monahan, who's no longer with us. Uh, her husband has taken her place. He he works with us now. You know, Ray was very successful at IBM, very successful business fan, 401ks, IRAs, all that stuff. Big nest egg taken care of. Barbara wanted to do something. Barbara's a centurion agent, which is a centurion agent is you know two hundred and fifty thousand a year more commission. Very successful. Um, she took. She wanted to do something really cool. And she took her entire family, like 10 or 12 people. And she paid for the whole trip and took everybody to Costa Rica one year. And they did from the beach to the mountains. They did zip lining. They did everything, meals out. And she paid for the entire thing. And that put a smile on her face that was well worth whatever she spent on that trip. It was probably a $40,000 trip. Yep. Right. And that created memories for her children her grandchildren, her husband, her spouse, their spouses, their kids, you know, just really cool stuff. And that's one of the things I remember and she's no longer with us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We had, um, <clears throat> along those same lines, another one of our agents always wanted a Jeep. Yep. That was absolute goal was 
the things to, to pay for her own Jeep, to have her own Jeep the way that she wanted it, decked out, done all up, to have her own house, to pay for things for herself, to have X amount of dollars in the bank. She had all of these things and you could see whenever she would focus and think about them, it would light her up. And she pulls into the parking lot one day with this Jeep and she was so proud of herself and so excited. And then in some other coaching sessions and talking, uh, talking through things, you know, what were some of the reasons why you're doing this? And she's talking about them and it's just making her feel so proud because for her, that meant everything to her to be able to do these things for herself. And then to be, she's never in her whole family ever had something like that. And then the same thing, money in the bank. She wanted X amount of dollars in a bank because she goes, my, my family's just never taught me any of this. And we said, well, how much money do you have in a bank right now? Well, I don't know. She was so brainwashed by her own normal blueprint and planning because she didn't have that business plan so much ingrained that she was doing these things. We pull it up and look, she had like $15,000 in a bank and I had no idea. She thought she had nothing. She thought she was broken, wasn't going to be able to plan some of the things that she was planning. So how much do you have now? I don't know. So, I mean, just putting some of those things out there, that was a goal. The Jeep was a goal. The money in the bank was a goal. Traveling and other things were goals and she had them. And it just made, it gave her that feeling of self-worth because she was able to do it and achieve it. And that I know exactly what you're talking about. And she was in a relationship with a person who did not empower her at all. No. She in fact, held her back and told her she was useless and worthless and could never have things like that. And I was with her not too long ago and she told me she paid off that Jeep. Yep, Jeep's paid off. <laughs> yep, Jeep's paid off and there's money in the bank. That's a good sign. Yep. So anyway, that's it guys. It's not about money. It's about the feelings that you get from spending the money, right? Is what puts a smile on your face. Barbara likes taking her family out. Kevin, the other girl likes her Jeep, um, whatever it is. I mean, Jackie took her family to re re reunion and rented one of those 10 bedroom houses for a week at, at, and did the Disney experience with all those kids. Whatever it is, it's, it's nice for you to have the opportunity. So let's go ahead and look at, this is like a fundamental precept of Begin's Enterprises. And it comes from my dad. And you know he'll tell you he read he's read every real estate book unknown on the planet, and he's condensed about forty different books into one sheet of paper because he likes the word simplicity. So I've got that up, and I will share it with you. And this is a process, and it's a process. This is the zero um, resistance. resistance business plan, right? Zero resistance, but there's steps that have to be followed. So there's a little resistance if you if you fight against it, but don't don't resist. Just follow. Well, I'll tell you what, even even if we don't pull the form out when I'm sitting down working with somebody or coaching with somebody, we're going through all of those same things mm -hmm. because we know that if you can get these things in line and you can commit to attach to follow these plans and follow these systems, you're going to be successful. It's really simple. I agree. So that being said, dun, 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 drum roll, please. This is that fancy one page form. It's available in our dot loop just like everything is, right? And it's gonna start with, guess what? Knowing about you, right? This is sales. We are in the sales business. Most real estate brokers don't recognize that, but this is a sales business, right? People hire us to sell their home or they come to us, help them buy, purchase a home. That means sales. So salespeople, good salespeople need to understand their personality style so they, and they need to learn how to understand other people's personality styles so they can communicate with them in a way that makes them feel good. 
because it's the most honoring thing you can do to somebody is treat them the way they want to be treated, right? So Chris, we have a test. We have two tests actually. One, you just click on this link, it'll take you to a free test and it'll give you a DICS, a promoter, controller, analytical, or um, amiable personality style, which there's, it, it is what you are. There's nothing wrong with it. They're all perfect. But sometimes the amiable doesn't get along with the driver, which is a shame because you're going to miss a lot of sales opportunities by not adapting your personality to handle the driver personality. They're just going to leave you on the side of the road. But so. then there's power in knowing these things, because if you know who you are, you know who you're not. And if you even just wanted to say, look, I know who I am. I know I'm a high I personality. And you know what? I'm, I'm just going to focus on going after everybody that I know that's already in my sphere. That's a high I because I connect with them and you're going to create that. It doesn't you have to know who you are. So, you know, who you, you know, where you're going. If you know who you are, you know who you're not. I'm not that person. I'm not going to do this. I am this person. This is what I'm going to do. It can give you power either way when you're putting this business plan together to know who I'm going to talk to, who I'm not going to talk to. Or you say, I know I'm this person. I know I'm not so much that, but I know there's a lot of opportunities in this field because I've noticed a lot of people doing these things and it centers around this type of personality. I want to master that. But you have to know who you are to understand also where you're going and who you're not and which way you're not going. Simple. Yeah. You know, I just had a thought that <clears throat> a lot of our agents, and let's just be honest, don't need real estate income to survive. Would you agree? Agree. Most people that, even the newer agents, most times when you're working towards hiring, they're either going to be part-time agents mm -hmm. because they have a full-time job, or if they don't have a job, they have they have to have some way of earning income. So they have that comfort of the income coming in, whether it's from a spouse, whether it's from a pension, retirement, something. Which makes the why even that much more important. Because if you're already taken care of and you don't need any extra income, why are you going to do these uncomfortable things we're going to be talking about? Yeah. Right? So Absolutely. I was thinking, for those of you who don't need real estate as an income, wouldn't it be nice to only work with people you like working with? So let's say you're a high I, happy-go-lucky person. I mean, I got a uh, Danny Glusky. Danny Glusky's a high I. He gets all of his business from hanging out in bars. That's a fun, and he does really well at it. Yep. Right? So if he comes up with a high D personality that wants to boss him around and tell him to do stuff he doesn't want to do, he's like, screw you. I'm going back to the bar to get the drink. Yep. And I'll find a happy person to be with. So you can choose your, biz, your, your type of clients you want to work with too. But the first thing is knowing about yourself, All right? Now to expand on this thought. So my dad became certified as a, with this company called personality services, and it takes the DISC form at to a different level, right? So it tells you, this is going to tell you how you innately are. And then there's a blended form that tells you how you really are. So the ones when you're under pressure, ones when you're natural. So my dad's test is a little deeper and it's $12 and 95 cents. Um, and he says, if you don't like it, he'll personally reimburse you the twelve ninety five. <laughs> but he's it's really serious it. about that. It's worth it because he, one of the reasons that we ask you to have a why is because when things get tough, you have to have a reason that you're going to continue to do things and keep pushing. At least when things get tough, if you know how your personality shifts and blends and changes, you'll know who you turn into when things get tough and you know some different things you have to do or ways to get back to focusing on that why or focusing on the things that you set out to do. So it's important to know that all sides of this, it does, it comes full circle. I'll, I'll be honest with you all. So my personality style on the regular tests, I'm a high D, high C. And you know, a lot of you don't know me personally yet, but 
a lot of people are afraid of me, which Chris will tell you, don't be afraid of Craig. He's a really nice guy. So my blended report, you know what my third highest number is? An S. I'm an S. I've got a high S. I've got a high C and a high D. I also got a high S. And But here's here's where power comes in, working with um, a coach or manager, knowing that mm -hmm. you're a high D, high C, that's going to help strategize certain things. But knowing that you have an S in there that you care, that's where we're going to focus on for the Y. Because the S is, hey, I care. I have empathy. I want, I want to see the best in people. I really want to see people succeed and do better and be better. Well, that's where we're going to start focusing on and asking certain questions there to really bump the emotion up into it. Because a high D is more like, ah, they don't care. They're like, I don't care about your feelings. This is where it is. We're going to do this. We're going to get that. You go out there and make me money. Yep. No, I want you to build a better life for yourself. And I want to make money. And then the high C is looking through all of the stats, asking a lot of questions logically. How do we make this make sense? But if we can get into that S, that's where it really means something. There's a lot of teachers are S's, if that makes sense to you. When you start looking in there, that's where you can start finding more reasons. You can start poking and prodding through there to give them a little bit more of a jolt. So the personality profile is, is an absolute key, at least for me, to know who we're working with. So we know how to help them formulate this business plan. You know what my dad does? Yeah. He, he makes I his do. customers take the test. Seriously. And then they have these deep conversations. Because here's our motto. See here, BE3, Beggins Enterprises, BE3, E to the third power is empower, educate, and encourage. So we want to empower and educate and encourage you. And we want you to empower, educate, and encourage our, our customers. Right? Imagine having that strong of a business plan that... I know my personality. I'm only going to work with people who I know I can work with and help change their lives. Take this test so it tells me who you are so I know if I want to work with you or not. That's pretty if much that's, what he does. That's and if he doesn't no, like you, he will pass yeah, you right along. That is a no resistance business plan. No resistance. You're not. It's not going to help me get to where and I can't help you. So out of the way, Where's the next, who's the next one? <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time working with people I don't like. Absolutely amazing. Okay. Next is so, the pr primary aim and goals. Yeah. So this is, you can finish this sentence for me because you and I do that all the time. People drastically under. Underestimate <laughs> what they can do in five years. People, they, they overestimate what they can do in a, in a year. They think they can accomplish all of these huge things without having the plan, without having the why, without having all that. And they so, so underestimate what they can do in five years and don't give themselves enough credit for if they just created the plan, stuck to it, put all the pieces together, partnered with a good brokerage in our case, a good coach and work through all of those things. You can have so much in five years. And this primary aim is just that. What's your life look like in five years? I want, because we talked about the reticular activating system. And when you show your brain what's important to you, it starts getting everything else out of the way and filtering everything else out. That's not that. And if we can start getting you thinking about what's going on in your life in five years, you're telling your brain what's important to you, what you want to have in five years. And if you start telling your brain what's important to you, it's going to start filtering out those things that are not that and aren't in that lane. And then there's some real power here because the brain doesn't know the difference between what you vividly imagine and what's actually real. If you close your eyes and I ask you to close your eyes and think about a time in your life that made you so excited or so proud, you can recreate that emotion. Your body starts to feel like it happened. 
And if it feels like it happens, guess what happens? You take better action and you have a better result and you then you start that cycle all over. So if we can get you attaching to what you want in five years, get those emotions there, have the emotions as that baseline. And you're like, wow, I can really see it. I can really feel it. Know who you are, know who you're going to work with and what you're going to do and then start working on the rest. That's where we really start getting some power and everything just starts to align in little pieces. Lauren just wrote in, it was eye-opening when I first took this at my first Beggins University. As you remember, I was an 18I. I do remember that. <laughs> 18I, I mean, she had no other personality strengths other than she was a heavy promoter. She said, I did not succeed at my other nine to five jobs. And then that was the moment I realized I didn't succeed at my other nine to five jobs. She needed diversity. She wanted a bing, boom, 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 boom. Yep. And Lauren has built a fantastic business. When you know who you are, you know who you're not. And you start right. to realize the things you need instead of the things that haven't been benefiting you. So this is where we're going to ask you guys to dig a little deep. And this is a little hard for some of you. But we want you to dream, right? Five years from now, there's no holds barred. You underestimate what you can do in five years. Where are you living? Let's say, let's say as you're making 250 grand. You're making $20,000 a month right? Five years from now, it's consistent. Your business is solid. There's $20,000 a month tax-free coming in every month. Where are you living? Yep. What's your Start vacation thinking. schedule like? Yep. Really think about it. Close your eyes and think about if real estate gives you everything that you want and everything you've desired and everything that you need, because this is, this is the avenue we're going down, is down this real estate avenue. If this is what gives you all of those things and creates that life for you, what are those things? So what is, what is it like in five years? And think, what is my ultimate real estate life goals? What this business will create all of these things for me. What is that ultimate goal for you? What is that ultimate vision? Tell me about it. Write it down. Where do you live? What's the house look like? How far do you drive for work? What's your spiritual life like? What about your relationship and your kids? How old are your kids? Picture them. How often do you travel? Where do you travel? Do you go first class? Do you take off a week? Do you have four vacations a year? Do you take one long month vacation? All of these things really dig down deep and start spelling it out. Jeff will tell you, he's Dream. got notebooks, notebooks just full of details and everything that what it's going to be, the color of the car, the, you know, how often they travel, the kids, the A, all of those things, just start writing it all down. And it's hard because you're going to second guess yourself. The drunk monkey is going to come up and say, no, you don't deserve that. Your family doesn't do things like that. Scrap it all. Five years from now, it's a dream. What would yep. you like it to be? Put pictures to it. Start thinking because you're going to get there, right? Your reticular activating system, like Chris said, is going to direct you in that image, that direction, if you've set the course. But without setting the course, your reticular activating system doesn't know what to do. And then let's you know come down with one year. One year from now, what can we do? Chris, what's the most, what do most agents say they want to earn their first year in real estate? $100,000. 100% it's a hundred thousand bucks. Typically that's, it's, that's, a, that's a goal, six figures. You know, that's something that a lot, a lot of people coming into this business, I'm doing this for flexibility, freedom. And, you know, I really want to earn six figures. I'd like to get to a hundred thousand dollars. How many of our agents earn over a hundred thousand dollars? Uh, the top 25%. Yep. Generally that's 50, what about 50 of our top 25%. Well, we had, no, sorry, we had 70 qualify for our top agent lunch in this Friday. And that was from quarter one. So that's, that's a hundred thousand dollar year group. So 70 out of 250 that contributed 
So that's about 25%. Mm -hmm. We'll actually do it. But 100% so they want to make 100 grand the first year. Yep. Right? And the reason they don't, because they don't need 100 grand. A good goal for you in your first year is to replace your income from another job. Because that's where yeah. you're comfortable. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. You you have a baseline, just like the lottery winners. They were used to earning that 30000 50000 $100,000 a year, whatever it was. So when they finally got that income, whether it was the lottery winnings or the big payout, they weren't in a position. They didn't plan for it. They didn't have the thoughts. They didn't have the things. They didn't have everything in line. And they're still spending money and still acting like they're $30,000 a year earners. And unfortunately, it ends up getting blown away. And it's the same. I'll tell you the same thing with one of the, the previous job that I worked in. We made very good money. I made six figures. I can't tell you where any of it is right now, because when you first get into that, you're used to making a little less. And then went from making a little less to making, you know, making probably 50 or 60,000 to making over a hundred thousand dollars doing the same thing. And that money just goes away because it did, there was no plan. There was no end result that I was really searching for trying to connect to the things that I started putting this in place for when I came to this company really helped me to really get clear focus on what that five-year plan was because I was only ever thinking six months to a year ahead. I remember and you and I talking about this personally, and we talked yep. about the Florida a prepaid college fund for your kids. Your kids. Yeah. Yep. So I was and never thinking about that. And that was, was a big like, step. That was like $500 a month. And then you're, so all of a sudden you just put it on auto pay because that's a goal and you get to the point where you can do it. And three, about three months later, it's like nothing. It just automatically comes out. It gets paid. I'm not worried about it. But before you spent so much time worrying about, you know, connecting to that goal and wanting to have it. And you're like, oh, I can't have that. Why not? It's, it's easy enough to have it. It's already here. And I don't even realize that it's coming out anymore, but I felt I spent so much time worrying about it. So your, your blueprint that you have is always trying to keep you where you are. You have to get past that blueprint and start planning in a different way. And this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. Primary life goals from your primary aim. And then now this one's really reasonable because you can control this in the first quarter, this quarter, quarter two, is what we're planning for today. What could you do? And my favorite part of the zero resistance business plan is really, let's make it simple. Find one qualified prospect a week. Now we could break this down into a thousand different activities, but if you set the intention to find one qualified prospect this week, what would you do? That would be 52 qualified prospects a year, guys. And most of your business plan, if you did 52 transactions, you're going to blow 200 grand out of the water right? You're not going to do 52 transactions, but find one qualified person a week. You're going to have a pipeline. You're going to work them. You're, you're doing really, really well. Well, so even if you take a step back and say, I want to make in five years, I want to make 250 grand. So by the end of this year, I think I need to be making a hundred thousand dollars to be on track for that. So this quarter I need to do $25,000. What's the average commission check right now for, for the company? About seven grand. So the last time we did it, it was $8,500 just based on the most recent quarter. So the average right around- higher just, than that right now. Yeah. So let's just say $8,000, right? So $8,000, if you need to make $24,000 this quarter, that's how many deals? Three. Three deals this quarter, which is one deal per month. And we're saying, what if you decided I was going to find one per week? Because I know if I can find one person per week that, that's a qualified and motivated buyer or seller that wants to buy or sell, that's one per week. I'll have four for the month. And I only, and I only need one. I only need one. 
So even if I suck and I'm horrible at converting and I get a bunch of S's or C's that want to work with me, but I'm a D personality, I only work with D's, I only need one of those four. I'll refer the other three to somebody and hope that they close. So and then I get my one deal per month. So that's all we're asking to find one deal, find one deal per week and end up closing one per month. And now you have 12 deals and you're well on your way to making $100,000. That's $8,000. It's basically right there, 100 grand. Well, let's presume that I'm lazy and I find my one deal on Monday. Take the rest of the week Take off. Take the rest of the week off. <laughs> this is not servitude. Or go to work the rest of the week, find your other three that you needed for the rest of the month, take the rest of the month off. There you go. Find, find four in a week and take the rest of the month off. I mean, realistically, what happens is the, you know, the law of compounding comes into play. You start getting so much momentum and so much energy from doing that. You're not going to want to stop, but just tell yourself you will take the pressure off. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find my one right away. I'll get it out of the way. And you know, wow, that was exciting. I feel good. And you start connecting and attaching to some of the goals you set and you go back out and you do more and you find another one. Most of the time when I'm sitting down with somebody, we'll get to scheduling in a, in a minute, but when I'm sitting down with somebody, I'm only asking them to do 30 minutes a day for the first week. Yep. Because I know if they're doing 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day is going to get them close enough to something where they feel good and they either get what they wanted and they have to keep putting or they, and they can stop or they don't get it and they want to keep pushing because they don't want to let anybody down. But if you can get them started, that's usually where they, that's usually where the, the block is. Huh. Now, Mike, this is a good question. I'm glad you asked. And I want to be super honest with you. In fact, I'm going to show you something. Um, I think I have it saved. The question was how many calls per day to get one prospect per week? Um, let's see what I got here. So we have a teleprospector working for us right now. And this is what she's doing. Uh, she made 100 dials. Uh, 55 of them did not answer. Eight went to a voicemail and she left a message. One said they're not interested. Nobody said, do not call me back. 24 people hung up on her. 11 were the wrong numbers. And she did not set one appointment that day. She made 181 dials and made no appointments. This is like the real reality. I'm not lying to you. Now this day she made 300 dials and she got four appointments. She's done for the week. Not really, cause she's got a good work for me the next day, but um, 276 dials to get two appointments, 300 dials to get one appointment. But you can't count dials, right? Not answered, voicemails. Voicemails are good, leave them not interested, do not call. So there's a real example. So I'm not telling you this is easy. If it was easy, everybody would be making hundred grand a year. The general right. numbers that you can run through is 20 contacts a day will equal 1.7, 1.8 leads a day. So by the end of the week, you have about eight to 10 lead opportunities that may or may not convert. By the end of the month, you have 36 to 40 lead opportunities. By the end of the year, you have 360 to 400 lead opportunities. If you are finding that you are only one major personality style, you're probably only going to communicate best with 25% of them. And that's okay because you have 36, 360 to 400. Well, what's, what's 25% of 400? 100. Okay, so now you have 100 lead opportunities that you can connect with. 
those hundred lead opportunities that you can connect with. Let's just say you close because you're because you're a good salesman, a good closer. You're going to close 25% of them because the other 75% aren't ready yet, might not do this. They do. They're just they were lead opportunities that showed some interest. Let's say you close 25%. That's 25 deals, and you only focused on the ones that were a D, I, S, or C that matched your personality style, making 20 contacts a day to get those lead opportunities. So it just it depends. You can make 400 calls and talk to 100 people and make get no appointments. The next day, you'll make 400 calls and talk to 50 people and make four appointments. It's the law of averages. The point that you have to keep doing it day in and day out because by the end of the week, the numbers will average out and you'll end up yeah. with the same results. And it's not about the dials. It's about the contacts. Contacts. Connections. Yep. All right. So now I know my personality style. I've got a dream for five years from now, driving a Rolls Royce, living in a mansion and all that stuff. Uh, one year from now, we got, I want to make a hundred grand and I'm going to boil that down to 25 grand this quarter and do 25 grand this quarter. All I got to do is find one deal a week, right? And then I got to work it because not every deal is going to close. They're going to get incubated. They're going to get COVID. They're going to have to go to the hospital. Their dad's going to die. All this shit's going to happen in their life, right? So you need a pipeline constantly going to spit out one a week. So that works. Now, what do I have to do? You have to know when you're going to work. Every job you've ever had tells you when you come in, when you leave, what time to show up, how many days you're going to be here, what they want you to do when they're there. Every single job you've ever had is, has that. So if you're going to treat this like a business, you have to know, when do I work real estate? When? At this point, we're not asking you, this is what I do on this day. This is what I know. When do you work real estate? So at 8.30 to 9.30, you have, I show up for classes and I do my Zoom classes or I do the recordings or whatever that is, 9.30 to 10.30, that's when I work real estate or 9.30 till 11.30, that's when I work real estate and then I take off and then I work real estate from one to three. Whatever it is, however many hours you have, put it out on a schedule, fill in your entire schedule. I go to the gym these times, I pick up the kids at these times, that leaves me this time where I can work real estate. But if you know what times you can work, now we can start plugging and playing. But your next thing is, when do you work real estate? What days and what times? Yep. And it's your choice. And be honest, because some people choose not to work real estate many days a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have plenty of people who are who are moms with kids who have other opportunities, other things they do. They spend plenty of time with their family and kids. And they say, I work real estate after I drop the kids off. And then I pick them up at two every day at two o'clock. I'm done because I go pick them up. I have them have them home till about four or five o'clock. My husband comes home. I do some more work from six until seven or six until eight, or I show homes during this time. It does not matter. You get to create the schedule. You telling me I'm going to work. Well, I've got all the time in the world. I'm going to work every day. I'm going to work Monday through Sunday, and I'm going to work every day. That doesn't work. Nope. You need to know times and days. What days, what times, and put it out and block it out and say, this is when I work real estate and make it a full-on commitment because you have to do the same thing for any other job. So why wouldn't you do the same thing in your business where you have the ability to earn more than any other job you'll ever have? Make the commitment. Yep. And then as times change, you can change your schedule. Absolutely. It's really a neat thing. Yep. So, and I want you, want you to set the schedule before you decide what you're going to focus on, because too often, well, if I'm going to focus on this, I should probably do it during this time and this time. And this. No, it doesn't matter. Set the <laughs> schedule, because if you're going to focus on that, you just need to do it. It doesn't matter when we can work through that and plug and play later. Let's make sure you know your schedule. Then we'll plug in some actions and activities. It doesn't matter when you do it, as long as you're doing it. That's right. 
Okay, so now we've given you three things to do, right? Figure out your personality style, figure some big dreams for five years from now, one year from now, how much I'm gonna make this quarter, and let's map out a schedule for which you to do it. Now, none of this is hard, but we're gonna lose 50% of the audience right now because you're not gonna do it. Now, Claire just wrote in, she just went and took the, the DISC, and she was made because she would tie between, a, I think a D and an I, 11 mm -hmm. and 12, I can't remember the chat exactly. But right, so she's doing it. Now the schedule part, I can't tell you. I mean, God, my calendar is well. I live. I, this is what I'm doing this week. It's pretty simple. Um, and my phone goes off 15 minutes before every appointment, telling me where to be when. So literally, put it on your calendar and say, "This is what I'm prospecting." It's non-negotiable. Non-negotiable, perfect words. If you don't show up to any other job, you get fired. So have the discipline to tell yourself, if I don't show up and do it, I'm going to fire myself and make myself go back to nine to five. That's right. You could be a greeter at Walmart. Make more money. Most of our agents would make more money if they were a greeter at Walmart because they don't play this game. All right, now it gets complicated. Now I got to schedule. I got to do something every day in real estate. What am I going to do? Well, maybe I'll do mailings today and maybe I'll do FISBOs tomorrow and maybe I'll do expired after that. And maybe I'll do some absentee owners after that. And maybe I'll do some of this. And how's that as a plan, Chris? Well, or, or maybe I'll, I'll try this for a week and if I don't like it, I'll change. Or I'll just do a little of this or a little. I think I need to do all of these things. I think I need to do everything because I don't want to miss an opportunity. I, I see this person doing that and that person doing this. I'm going to do all of them. And I'm telling you that that's not going to work. Thomas and I touched on the uh, on the dabbler. When you become a dabbler and you got that shiny object mentality, you're always enticed by the next greatest thing, the next shiny object that's going to keep your attention for a week or so. You're not going to get the progress that you want because you never gave it enough time to become a master at it and become really good at it and actually start getting the progress that you want. We've all seen that um, that image of the the guys digging for diamonds, the two, two tunnels of the guys digging for diamonds and the one walking out with it over his head and he was that close and the other guy comes in and he's just eager and he's going at it. That's what's gonna happen. You're gonna lose out every time. You have to take the time to really say, I'm gonna become a master at this and how often should they commit? How long should they pick? Well, I'm gonna to commit to it for how long? For a quarter. That's not a big thing. You can master anything in 90 days. Yep. So we're gonna ask you to pick a pillar on this list. There's a bunch of pillars your sphere of influence. Probably most of your best chances of finding a deal is somebody who already knows and likes you and, like, and feels good about you. So path of least resistance is that. So if this quarter, let's talk about it, Chris, for 90 days, I'm going to get with my sphere. What would I do? Yeah. So if you, if I'm going to focus on my sphere, so there, there's a difference between focus on your sphere and just actively you know communicating with your sphere if i'm going to just actively communicate with my sphere i'm going to make a couple calls i'll talk to people here and there i'll send a couple messages and good but if i'm going to focus on my sphere i'm going to say once per quarter everybody in my sphere gets a phone call or once per month they get a phone call so i'm going to schedule that out i've got this many people in my sphere so they all get a phone call they all get a text message I'm going to put a mailer out to every single one of them. I'm going to find their birthdays and communicate with them. I'm going to find a CMA for every single person who owns a home that's in my sphere. Becoming really, really focused on your sphere is what you can do is pick out all the different things you can do circle just around your sphere and then determining how many opportunities and contacts you want to have with
with them over 90 days and then start plugging and playing into your schedule. Yeah, let's say you have 200 people in your phone that are your friends. Yep. And there's 20 work days, Monday through Friday times four weeks. That's only 10 people a day to talk to. So there was a chat and it said, I'm having a struggle with determining when to not work. Well, I think of this, think of working real estate as practicing, prospecting, and then actively, actively uh, presenting. That's your work. There's a ton of other things that are going to happen. Like you're going to have to show homes. You're going to have to do some other little tasks, but putting a schedule together, it's when do I practice, learn more and work on my skills? When do I prospect? And okay. when am I presenting? If you can put those things into the schedule and think of it in that terms, everything else does kind of flex a little bit here and there, but you know, there's, it's a non-negotiable that I have to learn new skills. I have to prospect for new business or my business will go down and I'm going to have to actively be presenting to buyers and sellers without any of those things. It doesn't matter what I do in my schedule. This little device right here ensures that you are always working because you have to answer it when it rings, Yep. right? It might be a prospect that you've been working for. So let's get over this. You're working all the time in real estate, even on vacation. Jessica, my daughter, I talked about it this morning. Um, she was in Raleigh where she's going to be married on New Year's Eve this year, doing a wine tasting and a food sampling and all the stuff they're doing for the wedding. She got 52 written offers on her listing that went live on Thursday. She flew to Raleigh on Friday and got home Sunday night to 52 written offers. She was up till at one o'clock in the morning reviewing them all. Wow. That's not on your schedule, but you got to do it, yep. right? 52 written offers on a $340,000 pool house in Dade City. Have the discipline to, to do some of that. So if I, if I know I worked from 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. one night, I might be a little negotiable with my schedule tomorrow. But know that there's certain non-negotiables. You need to make a certain amount of contacts. You need to prospect. You need to learn new skills. And you need to be actively presenting to buyers and sellers. If you're not doing those things, you don't have a business. That's right. All right. So some of the choices we've got here is your sphere, your farm. Chris, you're big into farming. Expired yep. listings are probably not where I'd focus today, unless you can find expired, not relisted. That's, I would say, definitely expired, not relisted. Even go back as far as five, six years, because those people, they're sitting on a gold mine if they if they tried then and had, and didn't go back on market. That's right. Um, absentee owners is not on the list now because it's a newer thing for us, but that could be a single focus for some of you. That would just be fantastic. Um, working on buyers is a strategy. You know, you had home partners and OpCity and all these other things you could really, really do well with. But you have to focus on it, right? I can show you, I can show you reports where 50% of the op city leads that are passed to us are not even accepted on because the agent's busy doing other things. Mm -hmm. Social media. Mike's got a social media daily guide that will totally fill your day with work that will lead to transactions and friendships. But you got to focus on the social media guide. I think I said focus on every one of these, right? Yep. Could you focus on vacant land to make a business out of it? Look, you can do anything for 90 days, anything for 90 days. I talked about it takes 25 to 30 days to start creating that new habit. 
So you're not going to start getting good at this until you focus on it for at least 30 days. Then you're going to start to really, your brain and your body start doing things naturally. Now you can really focus on being more creative because you're not focused on getting the words right. You're not focused on screwing something up. You actually became better at it. Now you can actually focus on the creative side of actually building better relationships and trust. You got to do it for at least 30 days before you start to feel that. I tell this story all the time. This guy, brand new in the business, came in, made 200 calls a day, five days a week for the first 30 days. He had zero deals at the end of 30 days. But from day 30 to day 90, he ended up with 10 contracts, 10 contracts that had closed. And by the end of the year, he had over 80 deals because he just kept getting better and better and better and better. And he focused and it was nothing but focus. And he went after just listed, just sold. He basically said, I'm going to call every single neighbor around a just listed and just sold in a neighborhood in this specific area. And that's all he did. Yep. And he got really good at it. Yep. All right. So how do we get more clear on this point? We have seven minutes. On right. the educate, pick one, decide pick one and focus on it for 90 days, put it on your calendar and do it. If you're not sure, let's talk about it because we can look through your personality style and figure out what might be best for you. And we can communicate a little bit on things that would be beneficial to your personality style that might make it more fun. So have fun, make money, you know, empower, educate, and encourage all of it together. Let, let's work together. Let's see if we can figure out one that's going to be best for you. And then it's important because a lot of agents, you know, they think about it's hard. You sell something today, you don't get paid for 45 or 60 days. Right. So just because you're starting out in this quarter and you want to make 30,000 bucks, you're probably not going to make 30,000 bucks this quarter if it's your first quarter. But you're going to put 30,000 worth of income on the books to come in next quarter. So I like to on this form when you're doing the art of real estate, actually forecast where you are right now. How many active listings do you have? What volume are they? And if they sell, how much money will that put in your pocket this month? Because this quarter's income is pretty much predetermined by what you did last quarter. And the same thing with pending contracts. How many pending contracts do you have right now? They're gonna put cash in your pocket in the next 90 days because a lot of what you're gonna be writing this quarter ain't gonna close this quarter. So that's just an expectation I want you to hold near and dear to your heart, especially if you're new, because there's some hard times coming up. There's no cash coming for a while. And if you're working buyers, it's even harder because Jessica had to let down 51 buyers today. Yeah. Right? And those 51 buyers agents are let down too. And those like to, buyers and their agents have to go look again. Yeah. I, I like to use the current active listings and current pending contracts a lot because typically what we do is we move on to the next shiny object. So got it under contract, have that listing, everything's good. And we're still focused on, well, I don't have anything else. I got enough. You, we have to bring that back forefront and center. It's like, look, we're not counting our chickens. We're not counting the eggs before they hatch. We just want you to know, look, you've already created everything that you said you were going to create. Everything else is just icing on the cake. Take the pressure off. Let's take that pressure off. You've already got a nice baseline here. Let's go out and do more. And if you don't have any of that, take the pressure off. Let's just go out and talk to people. Let's make it fun. Let's have some fun. Let's make some money. Let's empower, educate, and encourage people out in our, out in our spheres and our farms in these areas. And know why. Mm -hmm. Hell, if you have enough money, go buy a nice boat. Put it in a nice <laughs> marina. Buy a waterfront house to keep it behind. Buy an investment property. We all we're sitting here watching watching tons of people get rich, watching yeah. tons of people turn their properties around and sell them for a profit. Buy one for yourself. Yep. 
Yeah, if you don't need to make 25 grand a month and you're making 25 grand a month, that's a down payment every month. Yeah. But right? to, to continue to encourage, so realistically, you want to be meeting with somebody. I mean, there's a reason that all the top agents in this office have a coach of some kind. Nearly every single one, every top agent that we have has a coach, whether it's people in our office or they're paying someone outside of the office to do it. Mike Ferry charges anywhere from $500 to $1,200 a month. You know, Jerry James charges anywhere from, you know, 300 to, you know, $1,000 a month. We don't charge anything and we'll give you a lot of the same types of information, the same kind of goals, the same kind of strategies, all of that. We're right here for you. But a lot of times what happens is you guys don't take the advice because there's no, there's no stake in the game. So when you're not paying for it, it's not as, you know, it's not like, oh, God, uh, I'm paying X thousand dollars a month for it. I better go out and do something. But if you just gave it a chance and, and came in and got some encouragement with us once a week, once a month, whatever that is that works, you're going to be better off than a lot of other people because we're going to be giving you action items. We're going to be holding you accountable. We're going to be asking you to try different things and move things around a little bit to keep you moving towards those goals. And I'm going to remind you about those, the why and what's going to happen if you don't do it. So I'm going to ask you, Hey, you said you want to do this. What if, what if you, what if you don't, if you don't get this and you're not putting that $500 a month into your child's college fund, what's going to happen? Who stands to lose the most? It's a pretty, it's a tough pill to swallow. And we have to, we have to face those things. Sometimes we need to use those motivating factors. Hey, let me use your phone for a second. I'm going to call your husband and let him know that you've decided that you don't want to take that trip with him that you told him you were working for. <laughs> Ooh, let me call your kids and let them know they're not going to Disney world this year because mommy didn't do what she said she was going to do. Yep. Right. Toward and away from motivation. Correct. I've got one saying that I want to spit out here. And it really is relevant compared because we're telling you the truth, guys. There's nothing that we lied about here at all, right? You have to do the boring things until the boring things lead to results that are exciting, right? I showed you Allie making 400 dials from the Philippines a day. That is boring, right? But it's friggin' exciting when she gets four appointments in a day and she gets bonus in every appointment she gets. Well, I was going right? to say, what are... If I was going to tell someone that I, I'll pay you $10,000 a month to make this many calls every single day to set at least one appointment a day on average, would you do it for 10 grand a month? I'll pay you to, I'll pay you to do it if you do it. Because if you're setting one appointment, one appointment a day on average, that's 30 appointments a month. And I know I'll close half of them and get 15 deals at $8,000 a piece. That's $100,000 a month. So if, wow. I, if, if I was going to pay you that, would you do it? Yeah, hell yeah, you do it. But if you did that level of work, you would make 10 times that. So yeah, we're not going to pay you until the end of the month. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it for yourself. Because, you know, you look at these, the stats, something simple like that. If I was going to pay you, why wouldn't you do it for yourself? You so the fantasy with... that I have for this company, and my dad and I actually fantasize about this. Every quarter, the entire company gets together. Right? We do it at Raymond James Stadium or something. We get together and we have some goal planning and we do some dreaming and we all fill out the 90 day, the art of real estate, the art of life betterment. And you turn it into us so we know as your leadership team what your aspirations are. And even for some of you that say, screw you all, I want to do it my way, then at least fill out this box right here. I'm not ready yet and we'll revisit next quarter. Right? 
I'm not going to play your game. I don't need any leadership. I don't need any guidance. I'm just going to float along like a cork in the sea, and hopefully I'll get where I want to go. Well, we all know that cork just bobs around in the sea and doesn't get where it intends to go because there's no intention. So this is a way for you to set an intention on a zero resistance business plan without all the, how much business planning is this really? None. None. It's, it's, li it's, it's life plan. Hey, planning. What, what do you want to do? Tell us, hey, tell me something exciting that you'd love to do. All right. Tell me something else that's exciting you want to do. Hey, have you, what kind of fun stuff do you want to do? Tell me about some of that. And then we start making some connections there. It's just, it's planning for life. Have some fun. That's it. Have fun, make money guys, but you got to have the plan. You just got to do it. All right. What is Mr. Reed? What is up next? We have the art of building trust coming up with uh, Jeff and then I'll be jumping back in. So that's going to be, uh, do you want to live a wasted life? That that's, that's basically what it is. I mean, if, if you just sit there and bob around, like he was saying, that's what it ends up like. Let's at least create some direction. Let's have, have a goal, have a plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this sounds really simple. It's not, this will be some of the hardest work you have to do and get used to it. Cause we want you to do it every quarter, right? Dream. And what's really cool is the dreams get bigger. You know, I remember when I, what was it? Oh, my dad was gonna let me have the Bronco. There was a Bronco, it was like 1988, badass Bronco, Ford Bronco. But I had to make the payment, the payment was 500 bucks a month. Well, I got used to making a $500 a month payment. And then I got a new car and it was more than $500 a month. And now I'm driving a badass Escalade, which is a lot more than that. And I like it, right? <laughs> and I don't wanna go back and drive a different car, right? So it kind of keeps me moving forward. It's crazy you know. how you start, you develop new levels of comfort. So at what you were uncomfortable with, once you put up with it for just a little bit of time, being uncomfortable with a little bit of time, you became comfortable. Yeah. That you have to be uncomfortable to make yourself comfortable. It's, it's just, it's that simple. Yep, I flew first class to China. I cannot imagine ever not flying first class to China again. That was just way too good. It's too good to experience, right? Yeah. So it's all out there. And that's my point. So you're going to start this now with baby steps and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as you grow. And it doesn't, it's not about things and material stuff, right? It might be taking care of your parents as they're getting elderly. It might be helping your kids go to a better school. It might be helping somebody else just because you can. Yep. But John Lum is our partner in Tampa. I found out this the other day. He likes this restaurant called the Intelligent Gourmet. And every time he goes there, he picks up somebody's lunch that he doesn't know. Hmm. What a cool thing, right? Interesting. Whatever it is to float your boat, but know what it is. All right. That's right. Thank you, Claire. All right. We're going to sign off here and Mike will start the next class. Well, Chris, I guess you're staying on because Jeff is joining you. Thanks, everyone.